Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. I'm really very, very excited about what we have started uh, examining here within the Scripture. And if you were with us in the last episode, and I suggest you go back and catch it if you weren't, we're going to be looking at the Feast of the Lord, the Feast of the Lord. And uh, this is something that people will hear about. They'll hear about the Feast of Israel, the Feast of the Bible, the Feast of the Lord. Really, it's the Feast that the Lord Himself gave to the nation of Israel. Okay, he gave it to the nation of Israel. And uh, there are times of celebration. There are times of remembrance of various things that occurred and various things that were yet to occur. And so we're going to take our time on this. Okay, We'll take it step by step. And actually, in the midst of it, uh, we're uh, at the time of our recording right here, we're coming up on the Easter season. And we're going to uh, sort of take a little sidebar related to what we learned from the feast that really has something to do with the timing of Easter. And I'm going to reiterate this over and over and over again. I know I drive people crazy. And, and please don't feel like that you have to agree. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I disagree with it. No, no, no. Just go search the Word yourself, okay? Just go examine the Word of God. Uh, if there's something that you, you're not familiar with or you disagree with what I'm saying, and we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it and see what, you know, the Word has to say. Uh, but particularly related to the uh, timing of what we call Holy Week, there's some really interesting things right there that we learn from examining uh, the Feast of the Lord. There's seven separate feasts, and I'm not going to go into all of them right now just because of the length of time. But we're going to begin today looking at Exodus 12 and look at the first feast, the one that is probably most familiar uh, to Christians. We see these feasts uh, referred to, most of them, uh, in the New Testament also. But the one that we, uh, people will often talk about is Passover, okay, Passover, and then unleavened bread. And we're going to see the relationship that these two have with one another and, and what it really means when you encounter that uh, in the New Testament particularly. So in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, here's what it says, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, now notice who he's speaking to. The Lord is speaking to Moses. He's speaking to Aaron, and they're still in the land of Egypt. Verse 2 says this, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. So the Lord's very directed about this, okay, very precise about it. And he says this month right here is the beginning of the year for you. And what we're going to find is that the uh, Hebrews had two separate calendars. They had what we would call a sacred calendar here that God had given, and then they had a secular calendar, for lack of a better term. They had the religious calendar that the Lord gave them, and then they had uh, the worldly calendar, okay? And it's not uh, dissimilar to what we have today. We will have the calendar that goes from January to January, which uh, just about all the world honors in some form or fashion, you know, if by nothing else, it's by business practices, right? And so we'll have the calendar year, but then businesses will often have their own fiscal year. Okay, their fiscal year may start in October. I remember churches used to do that and still do somewhat, that they will begin their church year uh, September or October. Quite often it had to do with the 
uh, the cycle of uh, agrarian harvest and things like that or school days and stuff. And so the Lord is saying that this month right here is going to be the beginning of months for you. And you're going to see various names for these months, two primary names. But uh, the one that I'm going to use is Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. So this is the month of Nisan. So he says, verse 2 again, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. Verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb, each one, for themselves, according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. So he's telling them on this particular day, and it's very precise, is it not? On the 10th of this month, each one of you is to take a lamb for yourself, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. And people are immediately going, well, what does he mean by that? What if I, it's just a household of two of us? Well, God tells you what to do. Verse 4. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in the families, according to what each man should eat. You are to divide the lamb. And so he's saying, I understand, you know, if it's a small family or something like this, you join with your immediate neighbor, not your neighbor two miles away, the nearest to your house. That's rather precise, isn't it? And y'all can share one together. Verse 5 says this, Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So he says you can take uh, one from the sheep or you can take it from the goats, but it must be an unblemished male, a year old. And now if you're familiar in any way with uh, uh, the New Testament and what happened with Jesus in his last week and week and a half and the various things that occurred, all of a sudden there's things that are starting to pop in your mind here saying, wait a minute, what is this about right here? Is this related to what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, sure it is. And it's really interesting to me because God called them to sacrifice an unblemished lamb every year. I used to think for years, I wonder where all these lambs came from. How do they get hundreds and thousands of unblemished lambs? Well, I think there's a very vivid picture right here. If the Lord calls for us to do something in a particular type of way, then he's going to provide that way. Okay? He's going to provide the unblemished lambs. And there's all sorts of interesting things that we'll get into this uh, down the road, even related to the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And the shepherds that were overseeing the flock at night and the angels that appeared to him and things like that. But the, the Lord himself would have provided these unblemished lambs. Man simply had to make the decision, am I going to sacrifice the best lamb that I have right here? The one that would bring the highest market value. Am I going to sacrifice it? Or am I going to sell it, make a little more money, and buy two cheaper ones and sacrifice one that is blemished? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, think about that, because I believe that we do that way too often, the various things that we do within the kingdom. So one more verse here. He tells them, you must get an unblemished male. Then verse 6, you shall keep it, that's the uh, lamb, the unblemished male lamb, you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. As the fourteenth day of Nisan, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. 
Now, folks, this right here is really, really interesting. And this goes to what I was sharing earlier. And like I said, I've just decided I'm going to share this over and over and over again where we can sort of start getting it in our mind of what's happening here. <clears throat> that 14th day of the sun, okay, the 14th day of the sun is the day when they were to sacrifice this lamb at twilight. The Hebrew literally means between the two evenings. They were to kill these lambs between the two evenings. Here's what the truth is. The Lord Jesus Christ was sacrificed on the cross, correct? He died at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That is precisely the time in between the two evenings. He died on the 14th day of the sun. And as we will see, as we go through the whole week, and we'll do this over the next three uh, weeks or so, episode, next 20 episodes, <laughs> as we see this, we'll see that J Jesus died on Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. The sun goes down. When the sun goes down, it is Thursday. They had to get him off the cross because the next day was the Sabbath, right? Well, people will think, well, that's the reason it has to be on Friday because Saturday is the Sabbath day. Oh, no, no, no. The next day was a holy day, and it was a Sabbath day, but it was the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We'll see that in a couple of episodes. It was that Sabbath day. And so Jesus is dead. He's off the cross. Thursday evening, Thursday day, one day. Friday evening, Friday day, two day. Saturday evening, Saturday day, three days. Remember the Hebrew day begins at sundown. Jesus was in the belly of the earth three days and three nights, just as was prophesied and just as he confirmed. We learn this. It is confirmed by what the scripture says about the feast. Wait, there's even more. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.